Again, you're not forgiven. <laughs> yes, sorry. It says broadcasting. The YouTube thing says waiting. Oh, Maybe mine, says, mine says live. There we go. Yeah, we're, we're live. Yes, we are. So, how is everyone? And welcome to our November live stream. If you could see images, I would have like air quotes around November. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, we kind of almost made it. It's a couple days uh, off. I don't know. How many days are in November? 30? 30, yeah. Oh, okay. Not like four days. Yeah, two days off. <laughs> We're close enough. We de we devote a huge chunk of November leading up to Christmas, so we should just take the first couple days and give it back to November. <laughs> well, November is so sort of gray and dismal. It's, I think it's all right to do two in December. November was a really crappy month, so I don't know about you guys, but for me, it wasn't that great of a month. No. Kind of an insignificant one, I don't know. Hmm. It's just one of those that you want to sort of get over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, let's just hold our breath and get to November so we can go to December, the crappiest month of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday I had to go pick up some things and just it was fun. There were too many people out. Well, I'm done my Christmas shopping, so that's a good thing. Wow. It oh. only took me one trip to Loblaws. Oh, did you like finish the shopping in yeah. <laughs> no, I did it on the last weekend. I felt like getting it done. And there's, but there's a lot of good, you know, it's like upscale things that you eat. So no one has to take home something that they're not quite happy with. They can just eat it or give it to someone else. <laughs> That's pretty clever. Edible Christmas. I think about Christmas shopping right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Food like a month in advance to give to people for Christmas? Yeah, uh, I'll do it on like the 23rd of December. <laughs> well, you're like, me usually. <laughs> yeah, I did my 23 of December styles, but just on the 23rd of November. <laughs> you want to get the game. Yeah. And for Valentine's Day, you do everything in January. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get the deals. Like you, you buy yeah. your winter coat in summer, you buy your Valentine's Day gifts in September. <laughs> yeah, I think my, I missed. I think I missed Black Friday, but that was sort of the idea, which was to get in while there is some deals. Yeah, Black Friday lasts like a week and a half now. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Every time I've worked in a retail store, it just goes on and never ends until they run out of all their crap. Well, yeah. there's also. Cyber Monday now, so there's no oh, real yeah. excuse to go out and trample people to death if you don't have to. Most of the good deals, like they're online, they're online like a week. They have like Black Friday week, and then you have yeah. Cyber Monday with all the other deals. Yeah, but like, like a week and a half where the deals online. Like yeah, with shipping, if you really need it that fast, you can pay for expedited shipping, and get it within a few days. For sure. Well, I feel yeah, like you I can always get me into a Walmart that's like full of a thousand people. All like I, I went to Walmart yesterday. Oh, hair dye that I have, and I need to get curtain things, and it's the cheaper place for it. So, yeah. and then like I didn't think it through like Saturday afternoon at Walmart in December. No, it's so bad. Was that's last year I did my Christmas shopping at the Dufferin Mall Walmart. Yep. Mm. Really stupid idea, like the weekend before Christmas, and it was everyone was yelling at me. Oh my there. god! It was yeah. hot in there. People were upset. There was like nothing <laughs> left. Baby. Yeah, and then they all go to church and continue screaming through yeah. Saturday morning mass or whatever Sunday morning mass. <laughs> I don't know. It crossed my mind to go to Walmart on, like, as I was going home on the radio, they were like, oh, by the way, it's Black Friday. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could go to Walmart. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I forgot that it was Friday and I went out. Um, so I went to eat there and then I took the path area. And it wasn't until, like, I was in the path area and it was jam packed that I remembered that it was Black Friday. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Which isn't a thing we should have to worry about in Canada, given it's not Thanksgiving, but we do. Yeah, our Thanksgiving yeah. is like a yeah. month before American Thanksgiving. We don't have sales around our Thanksgiving, so it doesn't really make any sense. No, yeah. one, we should. We should have like our Black Fridays in October, so it's different. Yeah. Haha, yeah. ha, you guys can do your shit. It's just people in Canada not going to the States. But like, pretty much, yeah. Or something with Black Friday. It was in the States. It was not. That used, that used to be the thing. People used to drive from Canada to like Buffalo and do all their shopping there. Yeah. Yeah. My family used to do that when I was a kid. We would go like before back to school time. And it'd be like, like a fun family trip. Yeah. And yeah. then you could go and be like, oh, cool, I got this from some American store that we don't have. Well, we have, like, all the stores now, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, like, well, we don't have Target. Oh, we don't have Target? Like, topic, though. <laughs> or, like, something like that that you, like, do when you're, like, a kid. Target, Target was briefly here in, in Canada, but it, it was yeah. a oh, miserable failure. Yeah, and then I pulled out. I was like, nope, never mind. Let's forget it's this. It's so random. So like like, you know, Target is that it was like smaller and kind of reminded me of Zellers, so it's easier yeah. to find things. Because I always prefer Zellers over Walmart. Walmart's it's too much. That's why that's why Zellers closed was because they wanted to bring in Target. I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. And then it was like a different version of Walmart that wasn't that, a less superior version of sorry, a less superior version of Zellers. Well, Did you guys all, know that? Sorry, they're all big ass Dollaramas. I think. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I actually love Dollarama. Everything <laughs> at Dollarama. Yeah. I found so a, a John Cena toothbrush that plays his song, like in your mouth. What? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Dollarama across the street. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. It like plays it when you brush your teeth. Yeah, like my friend was shopping for uh, shoe insoles and a toothbrush. So we went to Dollarama, and I was really pissed that you didn't get the John Cena one. <laughs> That's awesome. Why not? <laughs> so were you going to say something, Michael? Oh, yeah. I was going to tell you guys. Um, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I briefly was the poster boy for Zellers. What? I was... Yeah, I was... Uh, Right before they closed, the year before they closed, I was part of their ad campaign, and I was in this ridiculous sellers commercial that ran for a few months. <laughs> I, kind yeah. of, I kind of don't believe you. <laughs> uh, it's it's only on the dark web now. It's the only way you can watch it. <laughs> but it uh, it happened. Okay. It was one of my my early early gigs. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so it was actually really funny. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It was this really kind of funny self-deprecating ad because the whole premise was that they knew that they were going to close. <laughs> so they're like making way for Target, but not really saying the name Target. Mm -hmm. Um. They make some crack about how there's like a bullseye in their back, so they have to close. And oh yeah. wow, it was funny. <laughs> it was like a funeral commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it may have even been the last campaign they ever did. I don't know. Well, that's kind of a cool thing to say that you're in the last like Zellers campaign, though. It's a pretty iconic like Canadian story. <laughs> yeah. You're Zellers history now. You're going to be in the history books. Of sellers, pretty much. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's probably someone keeping track. <laughs> Zellers historian out there. Well, I have to say that I a lot of what you do, like even if you don't necessarily get instant recognition for things you do, it's like planting seeds for your future biographer. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, so someone to be able to. Like Michael Lake at that time was the spokesperson for the last ever Zellers commercial, which was an enormous chain in Canada at the time. And everyone will, everyone will be like, wow. It'll <laughs> come through. Pretty much. It'll all pay off. Fun. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be just, it'll be one of those things during an interview that you can just bring up. 
or during like a live stream or something. Yeah, yeah. I, ho I hope to bring it up during a live stream one day. That'd be a, a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants an update on the chocolate milk, I'm yeah, well over halfway on two liters of chocolate milk, and I predict I will finish it before we're done. I want to get like that's impressive. It's two dollars at Fresh and Easy right now, down from six dollars. So you oh, have way. to drink it all. I mean. I don't have to. No, I don't <laughs> have to. <laughs> I did offer you like on the first part, but now you opted not to. I'm gonna go work out at a playground afterwards, so I'll put it to work. At a like on a jungle gym? Yeah, yeah. They're actually, I'm thinking about speaking of web series, um, doing a web series where we, uh, where I do like workout on playground, like how to, how to not, things to do, things to not do, and how to work out. There's a lot of different workouts you can do. I mean, it's like calisthenics basically, and then you know you just you want to not stare at children, maybe not, you know, maybe have a shirt on. It's a good idea. Not be there for too too long. Stuff like that. <laughs> Even in the middle of the night, I mean, it's good when there's no kids there, but the middle of the night is also sort of creepy. So, yeah, you definitely have to watch out from being creepy, but it's a really great place to work out. Hanging out on playgrounds, getting stoned in the middle of the night is also quite popular. So I've heard. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> heard. There's just something so... Like, there's just such a novelty to hanging out on a playground as an adult. I can't describe it. Like, yeah, I get way more ecstasy out of swing on a swing now than I probably ever did as a child. Especially when you take ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked if I was homeless once because I was sitting on a playground as a teenager. When someone like offered oh, no, like Jane. people from the city of Toronto were like, I guess, like going around, like making sure like teens were okay. Or like, I don't know. I was just chilling on a playground. And they were like, Do you have somewhere to sleep tonight? And I was like, Yeah, my house. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's house. I live a block away. <laughs> I was like really alarmed. And then I was really self conscious for the rest of the day that I like looked homeless or like, yeah. <laughs> Why? Yes, yes, person. I have a place tonight. Conveniently, it's just over there in that tube. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Don't judge me in my home choices. <laughs> yeah, I should have told them to get off my property. <laughs> I will not be harassed. If you'd started screaming and yelling and throwing things, that would have been perfect to convince them of your sanity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they definitely wouldn't have to uh, call anybody after that. They could definitely do it. Yeah, they, they would just leave you alone. That's how that works, right? <laughs> so, are there any updates, um, Rain, on uh, our web series? Uh, web series slash potential show, and we just call it. Right? Oh, okay, cool. The script is forty pages, so for like the first episode or first episode. Wow. Yeah, I just got the um I just saw the email now actually. Yes, I just sent it out a little bit before the webcast before our Yeah. So I've I expect that all of you have read the entirety of that script by now, right? <laughs> and I know I sent it out like twenty minutes since it was sent out. Yeah. I I got it um yesterday, so yeah, I read it. Nice. Did you, was it yesterday? I thought it was a few days ago I sent it to you. Oh, maybe. I don't know. The days all blend together. But yeah, I've, I've read it. And I'm really happy and excited about what's coming up. Uh, episode three is almost totally finished, right? How's that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Because, Michael, you're helping with the writing on that one? I am. Yeah, nice. Yeah, season. So I'm taking, what is it? One episode one, four, six, nine, and ten. And then Michael has two, three, five, seven, eight. Yes. So. Basically what we've been doing for the past few months is is Rain and I have been sort of breaking the episodes together. And so, then uh, writing mm -hmm. them. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it was a bit of a process. Lisa also took part in that for a little bit too. And then unfortunately had to step out because other commitments, which is fine. So is this one now a full one or is it split into two parts? No, it's, it's a full it's one. It's a full one? Okay. It's full. It's full. It's like an hour, I guess. Yeah, I mean. More or less, yeah. Hour. Um, unfortunately, one of the places where I was submitting it, they have like a 50-page requirement. Oh, wow. Wow. Going through it and trying to figure out, like, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, where can I add? Like, I have to add, like, 10 extra pages. Where can I do that? But there is really a spot to do it without, like, watering down the show or the episode. Yeah. So I just finished pants and submitted it as is. And, like, I just really hope that, the, that like, they'll still look at it, even though the page requirement's not there. What about more uh, Cassidy? <laughs> I don't really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> throughout the season. Mm. So, like, yeah, we could, but there's really no good spot. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, fight choreography. But, I mean, we kind of do have a verbal fight. Nice. You should, you should just triple space the last 10 pages and stretch it out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like when you do like a high school and you slightly change the font. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, just up it. 14.5. Yeah, it's like 10.5. <laughs> and now we have a 70-page pilot. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's some, and then the other places like I'm looking at some writing competitions and whatnot, and they don't have they're like no more than seventy pages, but you don't give me a minimum. So yeah. Fifty is oh, a pretty big minimum too. Like that's yeah. Really but like I was looking at some other hour-long shows. I looked at a whole bunch of other scripts, and they're like fifty to seventy pages for like one episode. Yeah. It's like even like a half hour show was like 40 pages, 40 to 50 pages. It's like that. I think it also depends on, I guess, the dialogue, right? Like if they're having a very quick back and forth between the characters, then I guess there would be yeah. a lot more material. And the problem is, like, all of Act 4, there's almost no dialogue. Mm -hmm. And it's like all paragraphs of descriptions. Mm -hmm. So, again, like, yeah, it might only be 40 pages, but. Like, there's probably a good 50, 55 minutes of material in there. For mm. sure. Yeah. But like, it's just, unfortunately, everything is just description. I could space it out a bit more, I guess, and give even more descriptions. And I'm <laughs> sure I could add, like, more detailed descriptions in between the things with the action line. And I guess I could stretch out, like, 10 pages that way. But no. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot, Bill. Ten pages is, is a lot. <laughs> Three or four are fine. I can get away with the scene, but like yeah. that's like five two-page scenes. What about the fact that I mean, episode two starts off where episode one lets off, so you could take some from episode two if you really wanted to for this contest. Yeah, but then there. Well, no, it's not the contest. The contest is good. It's the other place I submitted it that uh, had the requirement. The contests are fine. I'm not worried about that. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, place where I really wanted to go that I can't talk about right now on a live thing. Um, yeah, no, they had that uh, requirement. But again, mm -hmm. I hope that they overlook it just because, like, I know that they are looking for stuff and mm -hmm. we have it really well. So, and then what about shooting a little sort of teaser even or something like this? Yeah, it's what we're looking at. Well, we're looking at different options that we can be doing uh, in here. Also, it helps that like I have my own gear on the way, so rental costs will be a little less of a thing. So nice. I can't afford, uh, you know, if it's between, if it's a money thing that comes down to it, a little bit like last time, it, that won't be an issue. Cool. But again, we have our fundraiser. That's kind of awesome that we've hit our goal. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Uh, unfortunately, the goal, the uh, money that didn't come in, some of it wasn't through Kickstarter. Yeah. So we have like three pre people who've pledged on Kickstarter, and we need that number to go up in order for that to actually go through. Because it's like, if we don't raise a minimum of 500 through Kickstarter, then we don't get any of what's there. Oh. So I'm looking at, unfortunately, if I take the money that was received, uh, from your donor, um, 
and I submit it through the Kickstarter to hit our thing, which I might do, then we have to pay, like, they take their portion, whereas, like, that 500 is free and clear ours otherwise. Hmm. So. Right. But, I mean, overall, looking at it, we've raised $536 so far. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And then by double, we're looking at 1,050, 60 something. Mm -hmm. So almost 100. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely an accomplishment. Oh, absolutely. It'll go along. And then hopefully we see those numbers go up. I have a first release thing that you have to get done today and out. So I'm hoping that'll help. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And any of you listening, if you want to donate, there'll be the links in the comments below. <laughs> Make sure to like and subscribe. Nice. Did you do a press? What was it? How does that work? Press release? Yeah. It goes out to different places and it just talks about like the actual fundraiser that we're doing. Yeah. So it goes to different media outlets and that kind of stuff. And then if they hopefully, and then if anyone wants to cover it, then they write, get like articles and that sort of thing. Oh, cool. It's just, it helps with um, publicity. And even if it doesn't help with our Kickstarter, uh, it, it would definitely help with just kind of like spreading the word. Yeah. There. Well, yeah. yeah. Anything, right? Like to get out there, then yeah. That's well, that, that's the goal. Like, yeah. we didn't hit our, uh, our goal with our Facebook page for November, but that's okay. Hmm. What was the second could... number? Our goal was to reach a thousand likes. Oh, okay. But and the press release could potentially lead to like a little interview on a little community radio show, even or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, any press that we can pick up at this point is always good. Interviews are fun. They are. I love interviews. Nice. Gotten to do a couple of radio interviews. <laughs> One of them was just like, like it was going to air later, and there's another one that was live. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Oh, I was just at uh, the Blood in the Snow Festival. How was that? It was uh, with a little short that we did called Itch that uh, was a little silly. It was just me itching my hand and then getting worse and worse and worse and scour padding it and meat tenderizing it and then ultimately cutting it off with a cleaver. And... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the festival was excellent. There was a lot of really cool films there, and uh, one of the events at it was exactly like doing a podcast. So there was all the people who'd made films past do a little interview on that, and then there was something called Fern Television as well, which is a guy I think named Fernandan Fernandado or something like his both names started with Fern. So uh, yeah, there's a Fern TV out there, and there's uh, obviously a lot of podcasts, but it was a really cool festival and. Lots, lots of cool activities, and obviously networking and everything. Like a, like some of there was a movie called Darken by Audrey Cummings. I want to drop that name, and that was a wicked movie. And uh, hopefully, everyone gets to see it at Carlton Cinema or the Royal or wherever it ends up playing. Oh, and cool. it's like a Canadian like indie uh, horror movie convention, or what was the Blood on the Snow thing? Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a, it's, it's I should say Blood in the Snow Canadian. Horror Film Festival. So it's Canadian films. There was a really good one from Nova Scotia. There was the Audrey's in, she's from Cetille, Quebec, but uh, she she works in Toronto here. This is her second, I think, big feature. Um, and then there was a bunch of movies, yeah, from, from all over Canada. That's cool. And there was like a mixture of features and short films. Like every feature had a short before it, and then there was a couple nights of just a bunch of shorts. So yeah, it was fun. I was in a film in that festival as well. This year? Yeah, yeah. Which film? It was a film was called Blood Child. Oh, you were in that one? Nice. Yeah, that one yeah. had a really nice reception. Yeah, it's got a very big uh, cast. Like, it's a pretty big ensemble. So um, there was a lot of kind of moving parts to making it. Mm -hmm. But I was really happy to be a part of it. And yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know uh, Emily Shuley? Yeah, very well. She's the one who actually got me into that one. Oh, we're yeah. yeah, she I saw her at the festival and the girl the girl who uh, was acting in that one and then she'd also directed a short film in this that was in the festival, she won an uh, a Vanguard Award. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. 
Yeah. That sounds really familiar. What's a Vanguard Award? Oh, the, it's just like a, well, the, the awards at this uh, festival are called the Bloodies. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. <laughs> so you win, you know, there's Best Short, Best Feature. And both were won by a woman this year, Best Short and Best Feature. And, uh, and then there's one called Vanguard, which I think is just like a new talent, someone who's coming up and starting mm-hmm. out and has done a significant contribution. So the fact that she had, like, starred in that feature that Mike just mentioned, as well as having uh, directed uh, Yeah. Oh, and then there was, there was one oh, cool award. Oh, Sean, you dropped out. Oops. Is that a man? A man? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, one, I'll finish maybe with this whole um, tangent. With the last award that was won by this guy, um, I forget what they call no, I'm sorry. I think I called the Vanguard Award that other one, but this one is the Vanguard. And it was won by a guy named um, Ty Bartlett, who seems to have been in a ton of Canadian horror and films. And it was an effort on the behalf of the festival to begin making a Canadian star system to recognize people, you know, who've done significant contributions in the independent Canadian film industry. And uh, and he was like crying and it was like, it was a really beautiful moment. Yeah. yeah. You weren't there, Michael, for that last film there in the bloodies? No, unfortunately not. But I was just agreeing with the sentiment. I really like when you get to see moments like that. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've got to develop that, right? we got to keep building that and recognize each other's efforts and mm-hmm. stuff. I made a film for a thing for the aunties at my work. But what was that? Wait, what was that? Oh, um, I'm just chiming in with the conversation about festivals. Uh, like a month or two ago, I made a film for like my works festival thing called The Anties. It's nice. Like, like in Europe or something. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. That was a thing. <laughs> nice. Just plug in their stuff like. Uh, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. We should do that. What have you been up to, Emma? Uh, lately, just uh, working in a just like regular job. But now I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> so now I'm back to the freelancing thing again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I needed uh, some money. So. <laughs> right, sure. Was that a big step leaving the job? I mean, did it, was it, did it no. take some courage? No. <laughs> no. No, only if it's a career does it actually, like, bother me if I'm, like, doing something different. But, no, it wasn't, like, a career path thing, so I wasn't really concerned. So now you're sort of giving it to the acting thing, or? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would like to be able to not do my job thing anymore and just go to producing and editing and that. I'd like to go back to that. That would, that would be nice. Yeah, I think especially after a while, it's been just kind of like I need to maybe do something a little more creative so I feel a little less like, uh. <laughs> But I'm mm-hmm. still, you know, pretty poor, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have that whole issue of like, we need to make money in order to- Exactly. Open. Well, and then also living in Toronto, like the most like expensive mm-hmm. in the world, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vancouver used to be that, but I mean, Toronto, like having come from Vancouver to Toronto, it's pretty much on par. Like, yeah. they're equal now. Yeah. Except I think the housing market here isn't quite as bad as Vancouver. I think because we're larger than Vancouver, that we have a little more, I don't know, housing options, but it's it's mm. pretty it's pretty bad there. It, I think it has a little bit more to do with um, like Vancouver. Is just it's full of more people who are just like rich. Yeah. So they have right. money to spend on things, and so it's harder. And there are like a lot of people who just they have buildings and there's like no one's in them or houses, yeah. and just because they, the rent that they want to charge, no one's paying. So at least now they have that whole house tax thing, where like if you have a building or house like that, uh, you got to pay more money if unless you rent it out. So I like I like that because it'll help with the housing thing. I don't know when that's starting. 
But like, I hope that helps them with their housing thing. Yeah. Try. No, I, I haven't heard of that. It was, it's what, like a way to it's, regulate the, the rent more? Or? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's like a housing tax. Yeah. So building your house that's empty, uh, that you're not renting out because, you know, you, you can't find people who want to pay a ridiculous price. Uh, you have to pay extra tax on it. You have to pay more money. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So it'll maybe encourage them to drop their price a bit. Or... Yes. And just rent it out, even if it's for less. Yeah, just yeah. To pay that extra tax. Like, they don't have to pay that extra tax. That's actually like smart. <laughs> You're making money. It'll help with the cost. You don't pay more money for your tax. That kind of seems like a win situation they should do that with people who have like that waste of space land like sometimes people own a mm. property and they knock the building down and then it's just an empty lot for like 10 years yeah in my neighborhood it was like an abandoned daycare that we used to break into when we were kids <laughs> they broke it literally for the last like 10 years it's been the ugliest empty lot mm. and it's like prime real estate too like it's on the lake shore it's worth a lot of money i don't know why no one's done anything with it fucking eyesore well, it could be like affordable, but like reasonable looking housing. Exactly. Like they could build affordable apartments or God, like put a park or something. Anything is better yeah. than an empty lot. Well, I had an interesting sort of thing like a few number of months ago, a friend of a friend from Mexico, my friend's from Quebec, but she's living in Mexico. And this is a friend of hers, I guess, in Mexico. He came. And basically what I could understand, because he speaks no English whatsoever. He was here to help further Mexicans that were coming that were going to work in Leamington. If you're familiar with that, that's like, you know, farms and it's a lot of Mexicans and Jamaicans who work on the farms. And so I was like, and so he had to go to the airport to meet them. And I'm like, well, why don't you go downtown and meet them downtown? And he's like, well, they know they need my help. They don't speak any English. But as I just mentioned, this guy himself didn't really speak any English. So I don't know how he was helping them. But anyways, he did the Leamington thing and he's now been back. He was at my place for the last three nights and he found an apartment with his friend, like at Dufferin. He kept just saying Dufferin. I guess what he meant by that was around the Dufferin subway station. And somehow they found an apartment in one day. So it is possible. Oh, wow. One day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was because of Mexican connects. I don't know if, that, if that's a thing in Toronto. They spoke Spanish and the landlord spoke Spanish and they like that or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like they sort of stick amongst themselves. And... Or they just slipped him a little extra money or something. <laughs> they did seem pretty wealthy somehow. Uh, when Vancouver last year, I was looking for a place with some people and we were having a really hard time finding a place. So I went online and I was looking because we kept getting denied. <clears throat> and it turned out that like one of the things that people were doing was spent was like they would take or the place was like the asking price for rent and they would pay more than that. And that's why people were getting screwed. Mm. So I decided to try it too. So there's a place that I found there's a couple of places and both places I offered more money than what they were asking for rent. Like an extra hundred or two hundred dollars or something. No, we're gonna make an extra hundred, and that didn't work. So it's like an extra three or four hundred on the next one, and we got the place pretty quick. Oh my god! Hmm. And then the place turned out to be like a pile of crap, and uh, yeah. So I'm still not sure whether or not it was because of the extra money or because it was a piece of crap apartment. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and like. One day, they were like the landlord left the water on in his apartment upstairs. Like, oh, jeez! So, like he left it running, and then it started to leak through our ceiling in one of the rooms. So we like, shut off the power off because all electrical wiring was in there, and there was like a huge puddle on the ground. We had to get buckets. Oh, wow. You mentioned a roof caving in before. This isn't the same. No, like, <laughs> the roof came in. Uh, yeah, this is the roof. The toilet falling through the. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have had the best luck with apartments. Wow. <laughs> From the toilet falling through the ceiling to then what was it? The carpet in a bag of crap or soaked in wet. Anyways, multiple negative apartment experiences for rain, but I a really nice. Not enough yeah. that like the door fell off the bathroom in this apartment. Like Sorry. the back door fell off. In the one you're in right now? 
Yeah, it just fell one day. And then you would have to like kind of shove it into like a corner to get it to close. And it was like this for like five months. Oh no. Finally, the landlord just came in and fixed it in about two seconds. And I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's, the cabinet's too, but my drunk friend fixed it somehow. He just like shoved them back together. I'm not quite sure how that worked. <laughs> Your friend probably doesn't know either. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. One minute I look over and there's a person on top of the fridge fucking around with the cabinets, and the next minute the cabinets are fixed. So, fine. And he's drunk. <laughs> You're not exactly a, uh, I don't know how you'd call that, but like someone who fixes things around the house? Carpenter? Wait, no. <laughs> Carpenter? I was going to say, yeah, handy woman? Person, handy Handy, yeah. Handy friend. Handy capable. Yeah, handy capable. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael, Sean, what are your crappy apartment stories? You must have something. Uh, hmm. I've I've often like taken the cheapest possible apartment and made the best of it, even though it's maybe initially seemingly a negative situation. Like I'll be in a, a basement in Montreal in a lost area, and uh, living with like a Moroccan and an Algerian and a Quebecois and stuff like that, all stuffed in there. But I mean, I still received couch surfers. And even one time, I mean, my room was a big-ass bed I'd received because I was a moving person. That was my fourth job at the time. And then we'd also, I'd also gotten a couch that folded out. And if you folded the, but the two of them in the room, if you folded up the couch, the room was like bed. It was just only bed, the whole space of the entire room. And at one point, I made the mistake of uh, booking two girls couch surfers. And so they were both sleeping in there. So in one room in this little basement apartment but it was a really cool space and you could make it work even though the ceilings were sort of low and it was a bit dirty but you know if you kept it clean and there was an amazing amazing garden in the backyard that you could go and sit in and stuff so you know it's like making the best of a not ideal initial situation and i mean it was 350 dollars a month so oh my god oh. <laughs> <laughs> in montreal are a lot cheaper though here are they not true enough yes yeah. they are yeah I mean, how many years ago was this, too? Good point as well. It was, uh, yeah, it was five plus years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, back in 2007, the place I lived in with a toilet falling to the floor. <laughs> like, a friend and I were splitting rent, and I think the rent was, like, three or 600, so it was, like, 300 each. Okay. Part time at the time, and, like, so, like, that's a, a lot of money still for me, especially because I was working part-time at a TV station. And yeah, like now I look at that and like I would love to live in a place where even just six hundred a month for the whole rent for one bedroom, even if even if it is crappy like that, that seems really great. I'd I'd still take that place. Yeah, I'd take cheap. Like I mean, as long as there's no bad bugs, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Right. I don't have to burn all these stuff. So or, or silverfish. Or silver, oh, gross, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Silverfish I can deal with more than I can deal with centipedes. For some reason, I find them yeah, so fucking creepy. I just, I can't. It's scary. I think it's like skitter around before. I had an apartment that had centipedes. I didn't remember this until I was packing up to move. And I had been up for 24 hours because I decided to wait till the last minute. So I'm like really sleep deprived. And suddenly there's a centipede going across the floor, and that really freaked me out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Apparently they can bite you. Can't. Thank you. Because uh, my, um, my friend recently got bitten by a centipede, and it was actually in her jeans when she was putting her pants on. She didn't know. It was, I guess she left them on the floor. So it bit her on the ass, and she got a <laughs> horrible like rash from it. Like, it was, like, they have venom, and you can be allergic to Jeez. That's terrifying. Now my fears are even worse. Cause yeah, like, as if there's not enough fear in the world already. This <laughs> information I didn't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> is actually in their legs. Their legs are hollow. And when they touch your skin, they can release a tiny bit of venom. And if you're allergic to it, it's not good. Jeez. 
Brain is like bowing her head. <laughs> what about earwigs, though? I think they can bite you too. And they're the worst. They can. I found one on my pillow once. Like, just oh, yeah? across my fucking pillow. I don't know how, because it was on the second floor, too. And usually you see those in like basements. So, so that like pervades you, and you're like, oh my god, they're everywhere. They could be anywhere. Exactly. They'll be there all the time. <laughs> I didn't want to sleep that night. It was horror. I hid it under like a glass. Like I was too scared to kill it because they're actually kind of hard to kill. <laughs> See, now I don't. Now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true fear. So, Michael, no stories from apartments? Um, I don't have a uh, story about the apartment itself because I actually did enjoy living there quite a bit. But the last place I lived, there was this really, really creepy mangy cat that lived in the neighborhood. Mangy or mangy? Oh, uh, mangy. Yeah, however you say that. <laughs> and, um, it... Uh, it would come and terrorize me and my cat like constantly. <laughs> there was a there was a brief time where I didn't have a a balcony when I was like sort of under repair and I was living on the third floor. And um, somehow this cat would scale its way like all all the way up the side of the house just to knock on my window, just to terrorize me and my cat. Oh my god! And <laughs> I don't know why we were the targets, but. <laughs> I guess I guess as soon as I figured out another cat was living there, it was constantly coming to our window. I'd be like lying in bed at like one p.m. and then my cat would start making this creepy guttural noise, like it was getting ready to attack, and I would always know what was about to happen. <laughs> and the the next like literally like thirty or forty minutes, they would just paw at each other from opposite sides of the glass, and they would get so worked up and so furious, it was terrifying. And I think that that probably happened about once a week for the course of two or three years. Oh, God. Oh, my. I had some fucking problems with you. It was almost a ritual at that point. I, I, I don't know. I hope. Yeah. It was. Uh, I thought the time that a cat ran in from the alley was bad enough. That was pretty gross. But it was, at least it was like a non mangy cat. Had a home for sure. Out. Jesus. Yeah, it was not what I wanted to do that evening. Animal control. This cat would actually sink its claws into like my screen door and like shake it. Oh my god! <laughs> that was horrifying. I was living. Yeah, I wish I had told that story for the Halloween podcast, but. <laughs> The first time, actually, the first time this ever happened, I hadn't lived there for that long, and it was around Halloween, and I don't have a balcony at this point, and I, I don't know this cat exists, and I just hear my balcony door opening. <laughs> so I literally thought at that moment, this is how I die. Like, <laughs> this is it. I've rarely been that terrified in my entire life. And then I saw that it was a cat, and then my cat registered that there was some other creepy cat in the neighborhood, and it just spiraled out of control from there. For a few years. <laughs> yeah, it went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like two or three years is beyond a long time. Maybe that cat just like needed love. Yeah. Or attention. Or... It, was a, it was the wrong way to go about <laughs> getting love or attention. <laughs> but <laughs> like a child who just acts out because that's you know like attention's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm comparing mangy chat mangy cats to children now. Well <laughs> close enough. Taking a different turn. That's definitely a phenomenon those like furry children, like dog and cat children these days. No I one wants <laughs> general, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either as practice children or just as replacement children. I mean, like, screw human children. I just need a dog. Is what a lot of people think. Okay. I think. Well, yeah. they grow up to hate you. So. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've seen a lady walk her dog around in a stroller at the mall. Oh my god. Yeah. With a little sweater on and stuff? Yeah, no, like I used to work in a like a fairly expensive store, I guess, and like the amount of crazy dog ladies that would come in with the little poodles and have them in like some sort of basket or their purse or whatever. It was really disturbing. I don't understand why people would do that. I I, I don't it's a dog. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's like a little girl playing with her baby. <laughs> It's really disturbing when it's, like, a middle-aged woman, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's some, like, psychology there that's – I don't want to get into. I don't <laughs> want to think about that. So, can I say something? Sorry? Can I say something, or has anyone else got points on that point? No? I can say something? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I just heard a thing on CBC as I was driving over here. It was ridiculous. And I'll be brief about it, but uh, has anyone heard of the safe haven rules? No. Sounds familiar, but refresh us. It's in the States. Canada does not have a safe haven law as it stands. And basically it means that all the states ended up adopting it. It means you can leave your baby with the state. Like you can abandon it after, not, you know, you don't leave it in a dumpster. You leave it with the state. Yeah, yeah. you can leave them legally at a fire station, right? Or a police station. Yeah, under a certain age, I think. Yeah, now that you mention it, I remember seeing that in Canada, but apparently, yeah. like, it doesn't exist legally in Canada or whatever. But in, in Nebraska, they changed it back. But when they initially started up the law, they didn't put an age limit on it. Like, usually, it says you can leave them up to thirty days old. Oh but in Nebraska, they said you can leave it at any age, and unforeseen. It caused a tidal wave of people abandoning their children to the state oh up to oh my God. 18 years old. Like, here's my 13-year-old son. Just, I can't with him anymore. I was just thinking that, like, 13, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Would someone do that to their dog? I don't know. It's oh, insane. Yeah. Like, one guy, I mean, I don't know, but the mom had died, and he had nine kids. And you're, and he's like, oh, it's too overwhelming. I can't take it. And he, of course, he expected his wife to have taken care of them before she passed. But he left them all to the state, ranging from, I think, like four to eighteen years old. Oh, and they had an interview with this older woman who had ended up taking all of those kids because before she said, "I'll take them all," they were going to send one here, one there, one here, one there. So she ended up taking all of these kids. Oh wow. Tremendous. Wow. Like, I don't know, as much as there are, are people who don't want their own kids, I mean, it sounds insane, but there are people who want kids and don't have them too. So it's like, it seems like a good you know, way to solve that problem. In an insane world, it was the sanest choice. Yeah, I mean, that's not a lot about the world in general. <laughs> well, you know, people as a whole. But I mean, at least there was that positive outlook on the story, I guess. Yeah, there's something uplifting there, even though it's, it's very sad in general. I mean, it's really weird. People were even coming from other states to leave their children. Like, they would take a six-hour drive to leave the kids. I mean, like, you know how you see a film where it's, they're taking their animal to the forest to let it go? It's like, you have to go now. Live your own life. It's like that, but way worse. I mean, obviously. Then driving six hours back home after having left all your kids, it's insane. I don't know. It's, it sounds unbelievable. It's a really great threat if the kid's being bad, though. I mean, like, I'm just going to drop you off the fire station. It's legal here. That's a, that's a terrible threat. <laughs> kid required therapy for the rest of their life. For real. Take your ten-year-old, put your ten-year-old in a cage, break like fire station, leave him there. Yeah, you know, okay. like food and water. Yeah. yeah. The the uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there are these photos of like old New York City, and they have these weird like cages that they used to stick out of apartments. Yeah, I've seen that. The baby cage. The baby cage. Was yeah, a, so your baby could get fresh air. It was what? a real thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, I mean it's. Although they used to give kids like cocaine and uh, heroin and like 
medicine bottles back then too. So. Oh, it might be coming back to that. Or laudamine or whatever it was called. It was like alcohol mixed with cocaine and like a little bit of or a little bit of heroin or something like that. Pops. And it was sold by Bayer. Sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading this. I'm reading this book called The Psychopath Test, and it's uh, by John Ronson, who who wrote. I think probably his most famous book is The Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh yeah. And he. He goes and interviews all these people who sort of have psychopathic tendencies, trying to figure out if they are a psychopath or not. But long story short, he investigates this one story where this mother accidentally killed her three-year-old daughter because anytime her daughter was acting up, her strategy to deal with that was to just give her a sleeping pill. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, that, you know, I mean... Parenting 101, you should probably not give your children adult medicine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe don't drug your kids at all. I don't know. I know. Especially yeah. not as discipline, you know? Like. I mean, if you want them to go to sleep, just make them run a couple laps in the yard or something. Like, they'll get tired. Of, yeah. Running <laughs> it's the same way you would tire out your dog. <laughs> just go run around in the yard for a bit, and then you should be good. Time for yeah. Like, it's a three-year-old kid. They'll tire themselves out. You don't need yeah. to... Give them a cup of, like warm milk or something. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you really don't need to drug your kid. Or like tell them a story about your day, or like talk about like politics or whatever kids find really boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it looks, I mean, that might put the parent to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> the kids still jumping around all over the place. Like a Ken Burns documentary, yeah. and like you're asleep, the kids still up. Well, maybe not give them a ton of candy. Like I don't know in that <laughs> case, but it's quite possible that they were like. Given the kid whatever they wanted that went yeah. drove them insane and then gave them drugs to cut them down. It's definitely planting the <laughs> seed of like what the child will be in the future. Is there the child beauty pageants that they give Mountain Dew in like a baby bottle? Hmm. I saw a thing about them on TV and it was really disturbing. They like actually give the kids so much sugar so they dance around. Oh, weird. Yeah. But then there's such a crap. Right. Yeah, and again, like sort of establishing a behavior that will go on. Like, like they call marijuana being a gateway drug. I think sugar is the gateway drug for sure. I think caffeine is the gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, a lot of Mormons are addicted to uh, soda and Mountain Dew and stuff because in the Mormon religion, you can't have alcohol and you can't have uh, coffee because mm -hmm. they're stimulants. But Soda didn't exist when they made up those rules. So there was like a loophole that they can drink soda, and now they drink so fucking much soda. So they actually yeah. have parties with soda and yeah, chips. Yeah, just like whacked out on Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's better than mouthwash. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or gasoline. Yeah, it's better than downing uh, Listerine. Or like windshield wiper fluid. Yeah, paint, paint thinners. <laughs> I don't understand. How people can do that. The one thing that is sounding cool, though, more and more is microdosing LSD. Like Joe Rogan. I have heard of that. Yeah, it helps with depression a lot, but also in like in Silicon um, Valley, this guy was going on like the, the people take drugs constantly, but like drugs that get you more creative, that get you doing things, that get you working hard. Huh. And then once you're successful and established, then you get drugs to make your life last longer and to be immortal, basically. So Adderall and Xanflex uh, or whatever it was called, Xanax. And, uh, but LSD microdosing is like, and you know, you take like 10%, so you don't hallucinate, you don't get high or anything, but it concentrates you apparently. And uh, huh. the first time I heard about it, it was a woman who'd written a book about it and it had helped her enormously. And her kids were like asking her mom, could you microdose LSD again? We really liked you when you were doing that. <laughs> mom, you're way more chill when you're high. <laughs> uh, I, like, I find mushroom tea helps uh, like the psilocin it helps with depression I find. for me like it gets me through a full depressive cycle nice there's this um, cocoa that is also like some sort of like psychoactive or something property to it I don't know Wait, cocoa? yeah it's like a like raw cocoa or something and you're supposed to drink it as a tea and it's supposed to like chill you out or do you think I don't know I had a 
friend who like worked on a cocoa farm and she sent another friend some. She said it tasted like dirt so she couldn't get through it, but apparently it's supposed to it's supposed to do something if you can drink it. <laughs> Interesting. If I know something's really healthy, I can definitely down it even though it's uh, not the greatest tasting thing. I mean that's the whole thing, right? To eat salad instead of fries. Like even though salads can be really good. What's that salad can be tasty? Yeah, absolutely. I like yeah. But I can't do I drank um a thing that had like activated charcoal in it once and lemon and it was supposed to be some sort of like health drink. It was horrible. It actually just tastes absurd. Did it do anything? No. I really don't understand the new obsession with charcoal. Like what is the benefit supposed to be? <laughs> it doesn't taste good. Like I was like, oh cool, this drink's like all black. I'll try it. Why not? No, it was gross. It didn't taste like um like lemonade either. It kind <laughs> of tastes like when you throw up in your mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> so like it tastes like when you throw up in your mouth and then what if you throw up in your mouth a little bit after you drink it? Is it like double bad? Double bad. Double. <laughs> then you have to like have it in your mouth again even though you just choked it down. Oh wow. At what point stop yeah, what a podcast today. We've gone from appearing homeless in the park to uh, like, uh, giving away your children to now the taste of vomit in your mouth. <laughs> it's similar to activated charcoal. We, we could probably draw some lines to connect all those things. Like, <laughs> taking paths that we never took in our conversation. <laughs> the taste of vomit in your mouth could be like the after effect of giving away your kid. Mm -hmm. Part of that guilt. (laughs) (laughs) But like the kid you gave away was one that you found in the park who was homeless? Mm. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. It was like a Yankee swap of kids you find in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else will take it. You grab another one. It's like trying to donate someone else's blood. Maybe there's a movie concept. In there. It's sort of like the purge. You just come with all your kids, and then it's like everyone can kill everyone. And whoever survives, you just take a kid home at the end of the day. Oh my god! Yeah, a better one. Oh. And, uh, if, if your kids misbehave, if the kids misbehave, you can tell them that Santa isn't going to bring them any presents. He's just going to bring them activated charcoal. You're stocking instead of coal, it's actually charcoal in your stocking. That's a very 2017 Santa. We're all very health conscious. I, I that needs to be the new thing. Instead of coal in your stocking, it's activated charcoal. I feel like if you were a really poor family, though, in like the Victorian times, and you got free coal, like, I think your parents yeah. would be okay with that. Now you get to you get to keep the fire going for them tonight. Well, it was probably that era's gift that was given because they wanted it themselves. Like the parents yeah. give it, you're in trouble. But then it's like, so since you're not going to do anything with this trouble gift, I'll put it in the fire. <laughs> we got really angry, and so we threw it in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's like have you heard the whole thing about like wrapping up empty boxes and putting them under the tree and then like if your kid's bad you take a gift you take one of those boxes and you throw it in the fire oh my god i, I have heard that yeah what? yeah so yeah kids bad you take one of their so-called gifts toss it in the fire merry christmas here's childhood trauma yeah. memory <laughs> have fun with therapy yeah on there was this uh, <laughs> I can't remember what this 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 was called but there was this series of YouTube videos a few years ago about this kid who like absolutely tormented his brother he tricks him into thinking he throw he's throwing his Xbox out the window was that and then the he throws and Warcraft kid um no I know the kids you're talking about but this was a different thing and he throws this Xbox out of the window and the kid watches it smash. And then he shows him that 
he didn't or i can't remember how he pulled the trick off but like he he literally i think he bought an xbox just for the sake of <laughs> you know like tormenting his little brother and breaking it Damn. seems like seems like a pretty expensive way to be an asshole yeah <laughs> yeah my sister would just like try and suffocate me or something with a pillow and or like push me down the stairs you're supposed to do to your younger siblings. I love that you explain that. Like that's better than the other thing. <laughs> no, like I never had. No one ever did went that far. They just tried to stuff me with a. They just tried to like make me disappear. I do remember the Warcraft kid though. That was that was um, an interesting series of videos. Yeah, I don't believe that he actually responded in that way. And that was fake for sure. What what happened with those? Like the um, it was like this kid and his brother's like, oh, I deleted your Warcraft account, and the kid just goes absolutely ape shit, just loses it. He, he basically got he got a lot of vindictive pleasure out of just you know filming his brother having tantrums, and, yeah, like sharing them. Yeah, because there's other videos of this kid like just easily being pushed over the edge and then freaking out. But then they did this weird video that was like sort of an epilogue to the whole saga. And it was like, you find out that the kid's life at public school has been like forever changed because of these videos. Mm. And the kid who is all notorious for freaking out and panic and stuff like that, he's just sadly sitting in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> like telling his brother to go away and stop filming me and stuff. And mm. he just does a complete 180. And it's this very weird sort of... It's like that scene at the end of, I don't know, a movie where they've kind of met a weird compromise or something, or they meet in the future. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it, may have been, it may have been one of the first like stupid YouTube things that had like a story arc. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was just like a long, sophisticated, like, well, not sophisticated, but a long trick on everyone. Yeah. It took perhaps organically or that they had the intention to do. So it's almost like a web series. Almost, yeah. I don't think it was planned. I think it was organic. Mm -hmm. I mean, they probably started with yeah. one video and then it got so much attention, like, let's do another. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And like partway through, like, all right, well, you know, they just like, where can we go from here? either created yep. or simply the brother did actually take that 180 degree change. Are you yep. friends with your sister now, Emma? Huh? Are you friends with your sister now? Yeah, sort of. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think siblings, I think, are always, like, the same, like, older to younger. Especially, I think, if you're maybe, like, three or four years apart. Because you're old enough to still play together, but, like, there's that hierarchy of I'm the older ones, you have to do what I say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were five years apart, and I most definitely tortured my sister and such, but we're yeah. good today. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, like, me and my sister have, like, the same sense of humor and stuff now, because, like, you grow up in the same family and, like, whatever. So, like, you're good as adults, but when you're kids, you want to, like, kill each other. Well, and even at that, I mean, if we're together today, like, more than three days in the oh, same yeah. place, yeah, it starts coming back. <laughs> Family vacations definitely turn into like, uh, okay, now I remember why we need to not be around each other as much. Visits are good. That's uh, how that happen in the holidays too, where it's like certain family members. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's so great to reconnect. And then, I don't know, like it was a few years ago, I was staying uh, back in my hometown for Christmas and stayed with family for like a few days and like, a day into it, I'm like, all right, this is why I can't stay with you. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Pretty much. <laughs> I have a best friend who I stay with once a week, and that's plenty, and uh, down in the city. And uh, we're brothers, basically. Like He's a Trump supporter, even. And yet we still have been able to hang out. And that's brotherly love on some level. Like When you just are going to hang out, even if you have Diametrically opposed views on the world. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely brotherly love. Yeah, I have completely like different views on like everything that my sister does, but like 
As long as we don't get into it at the dinner table, then everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of learned that throughout this presidency, regardless of uh, you know, how different you might stand politically with someone, there's always like some common ground with the person. So. I think if you're talking to a person who's a generally moral person, even if they have different political views, you'll come to some sort of yeah. mutual sure. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of like there's constructive sort of conversations that are a lot of fun to have. And then there's just people who don't, you know, want to try to speak from other people's views. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it just ends up being really unpleasant. Slam at each other. Well, and if you've known someone for just a really, really long time, I mean, it's just positive to sort of share life experience a little together. Just be like, here we are in life. Just share that moment. Absolutely. Um, I think we're kind of coming up to the end. I know, Michael, you have to leave soon, right? Yeah, Michael? that's the truth. Okay. <laughs> well, should we read a little bit from this script or no? Uh, this time around, we're going to read next time. I didn't find anything in this. I mean, if people want to pull up the script, we could certainly, but I think next time we'll be a little more prepared. Okay. Uh, before we go, though, uh, I'm just going to do a quick shout out to all of our backers so far. Sorry, what was that? Michael? Michael, were you going to say something? Oh, I didn't say anything. Sounds like someone's going to say something. Anyways. Hello? <laughs> Until we get more backers, uh, everyone's going to be read off during the live stream. Uh, just because it is a lower number. Uh, so thank you to all the backers so far. Colin Murphy, Milani Hernandez, Andreas Nelsmuller, and Kai. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, thank you for supporting us. And for anyone else, if you want to support us, Links are in the description for our Patreon and Kickstarter. Feel free to contribute to either or both. Uh, and on the Facebook page, go and like for updates. Alrighty, folks. Sweet. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with our December live stream. And we'll actually do it in December this time. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you guys want to, for afternoon, yeah. everyone. All right. Have a good night. All right. Bye. 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 -bye.